0: What's up, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Welcome to the podcast. If you are a first-time listener, I just thank you for being here and finding us in this weird part of the world. Uh, You know, there's not too many Civil Engineering podcasts out there. And, uh, you know, thanks for finding me. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, If you found us on Apple, leave us a review. That would be very helpful. We do love those. And anywhere else you can. Uh, But you can catch us on all the popular pod catchers. So, anyway, today, guys, we have a very exciting episode. I guess it's exciting. We dive into a little bit of the numbers that the NCES produces in what's called the squared report. And this is a report they produce once a year. They look at the numbers of the previous year, and they're looking at P, uh, you know, test takers for the FE, test takers for the PE. They break down all the numbers, the pass rates, how many people took it etc, etc. They also look at how many engineers there are within each state, how many international people took exams, and more. So there's a lot of cool details in this, and I just think the report is pretty cool in general. So I just wanted to sit down with you and go over this report with you as I think we can pull out some little bits of information that might help you if you are a test taker for the FE or the PE exam. I think there's going to be something in here for you so other than that it's just a lot of interesting facts and interesting information so there will be something here for you no matter what level you are at so we'll get right to it coming right up Hey, what's going on, everybody? I just had to tell you about a sweet partner that we have, and that is 99designs. Uh, This place is awesome. If you ever need a logo, you need business cards, you need a website, graphic package, anything that you want designed, you can get it done at 99designs. If you go to our link, which is civilengineeringacademy.com, Slash 99 Designs. That's the number 99 Designs.com. You'll be taken to 99 Designs and you can get started right away. You tell them what you need, real easy. They can design anything, uh, anything graphically. You work with the best designers. You can either hire a designer uh, individually or you can start a contest and work with a community of designers and they all submit their ideas so you can pick your favorite design. Uh, And then lastly, you finalize your design and you continue working together. So it's really sweet. Um, There's been thousands of people using them. They're rated 4.8 out of 5 stars. Uh, They're around 24-7. They cover 90-plus design categories, everything from an iOS app all the way to wine labels and everything in between. So if you are in the hunt for business cards or maybe you've started your own business and you would like a website, This is a great place to go to get logos, business cards, anything graphic that you want done. So go check it out, civilengineeringacademy.com slash 99designs. Hey, guys, I wanted to let you know about a sweet discount we have for you. If you use PPI, which is one of the industry leaders in providing exam material for the FE and the PE exam, then use our discount code of CIVAC and get 15% off any book that you get there. Head to our affiliate link at civilengineeringacademy.com slash PPI. Go check out the books that you need and use our code CIVAC at checkout get 15% off any book. That does apply only to books, not courses, but is still a sweet, sweet discount. Go check it out. You'll be happy you did. Hey, what's up, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy coming at you again with another sweet episode of our podcast as well as a YouTube video for those watching. And I wanted today to go over a sweet report, and that is the... the NCEES squared report, 2019. So every once in a while, uh, every year I should say, not every once in a while, but every year the NCEES produces a report and it goes over some of the numbers um, regarding how many test takers are out there, how many P.E., uh, how many people with PEs are out there In the world and uh, Well in the United States Probably in the world too But we're going to check it out I'm going to go through it with you uh, Those on the podcast This will be an audio version Those that join me on YouTube I will flip the screen You won't be seeing my ugly mug anymore But we'll go to the screen And kind of run through the report together But it's going to be a good time And I think you're going to enjoy Going through this So Um, Having said that, the NCES produces these reports, like I said, once a year. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and flip the screen and we will get right to it. So let's do it. All right, so just checking this out. If you go to NCES, you can go grab this report. Just go search for the squared report or head to nces.org and go grab this. Anyway, I'm headed there right now. And you just click on the report, brings up a nice little PDF. I think one of the beauties of this report is that it's actually like really graphically, you know, visually appealing. It's really nice looking. Uh, These 3D graphics on the front cover look pretty cool. So it's called the squared report, folks. Okay. That's what it is. And so what it is, is uh, a squared report is basically... The reason why they chose the name Squared, and this is coming right out of the document itself, is that it means that they want to be direct, honest, and in good order. The mission of DNCES is to advance licensure for engineering, uh, for surveying, and in order to safeguard health and well-being and safety of the public. So Squared is one way that we do that by providing a straightforward account of their, you know, basically their numbers for the fiscal year. So this is uh, data that they put together, uh, usually lag. So this is basically from, what does this say? All of the information presented in this report, uh, which began October 1st, 2018 and ended September 30th, 2019. So they call it the 2019 report. It comes out in 2020, basically covers what happened through the end of 2018 up to 2019. Uh, September of 2019. So it's a good resource. It's kind of fun to check out the numbers that are in here. Kind of give you an insight of what's um, you know what's going on out there in the world of the civil FE, the PE, and uh, how all of this works. So who we are? The NCEs is uh, basically a nonprofit organization. It's the National Council of Examiners for Engineering and Surveying. And their whole purpose is to adva- advance licensure for engineers and surveyors. Okay? That's the, their whole goal. Um, so it was created in 1920, and it's been working to facilitate mobility for professional engineers and surveyors by providing its member boards with licensing licensees with services that promote uniformly and license laws and all kinds of good stuff. So they have here a nice little graphic and it says they have 69 ncees board members uh, on this and uh, what's interesting is that uh, some board members represent only engineering or surveying. the majority of them represent both and that the boards are multi-professional and they regulate additional professions so such as like architecture uh, one board in illinois regulates structural engineering as a separate license category. So kind of interesting there. Uh, Most licensing board members are appointed actually by the governor uh, of the state they're in. And the makeup makeup of membership varies according to a a jurisdiction statute. So, you know, required number of professional engineers, surveyors, and public members. So they have 69 NCES board members. They have one that's a structural only. 11 are engineering only. 13 Surveying only 16 multi-professional and 28 joint engineering surveying. And then they have that break in, broken up into whether you live in the western area of the U.S., the southern, central, or northeast. So kind of interesting there. There's actually 603 licensing board members. Uh, of those, 255 have the P.E. only. 141 have the P.S. only, which is the survey license. 93 are public members. 74 have other licenses of a different variety of professional licenses, and 40 of those have a dual license of PE and PS. So the whole board is made up of a variety of people. It's not just engineers there. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Talking about the exams next, going through what they have here. In order to develop the exams, they are um, basically developed by engineers and surveyors who volunteer to write and evaluate the problems that are found in the exams. So they had a total of 762 volunteers and they worked on these exams um, in 49 meetings. It's a lot of meetings. Uh, representing a total of almost 23,000 hours spent developing exam content for the eight fundamentals and 26 professional exam disciplines. So 49 meetings, 762 volunteers, and almost 23,000 hours spent There was, uh, I guess we'll just call it in 2019, there was a total of almost 52,000 FE exam takers. There was almost 132,000 total engineering bachelor degrees awarded in 2018, which is kind of fascinating to me. And if you want to break that down further, we can. They go into talking about that the, um, let's look at over here, Transition from pencil and paper to CBT. So for the FE exam, the makeup here is that they had fifty-one thousand eight hundred and fourteen FE test takers in twenty nineteen, which is kind of surprising to me. Um, you know, you had one hundred and thirty-two thousand engineering bachelor's degrees awarded, and fifty-two almost fifty-two thousand FE test takers. So. Um, A lot of schools that are ABET accredited usually say that you cannot graduate without getting the FE done. So some schools, I guess, do not require that. Anyway, that was all CBT, so for the FE. For the PE exam, there was actually 904 computer-based PE exams issued this round and almost 30,000 pencil-based, pencil and paper so the majority of those are obviously the civil exams. So a total of thirty thousand five hundred twenty one total PE test takers, and they keep expanding the disciplines that offer PE license. Uh, I th- I think this started with civil engineering as being the majority of PE licenses, and it's definitely a must for civil engineers. But they you know you expand into mechanical, and now they got electrical disciplines and fires. Systems and all kinds of PE licenses That we'll talk about here shortly So I thought that was kind of interesting Uh, Pencil and paper exams For the SE exam There was 2400 people That's actually a lot less than I thought Would be taking the SE exam But there was exactly 2400 people That took the SE exam Pretty interesting stuff Uh, A conversion schedule So if you are curious About going computer based testing because that is the way things are going these days. Uh, in 2020, they moved the PE fire protection over. 2020, they also moved the industrial and systems, the mechanical HVAC and refrigeration, the mechanical machine design and materials, the mechanical thermal fluid systems, and that was all converted to CBT in 2020. And then in 2021, you've got the PE agricultural that is moving over. The electrical and computer for computer engineering, and then you got uh, PE electrical and computer electronics controls and communications, and the PE electrical and computer power. That's all moving to computer-based testing in 2021, and then also in 2021, PE mining and mineral processing. Whew! It's a lot of PE exams, a lot of different disciplines there. 2022, you get another conversion of PE exam test takers from architectural to control system to metallurgical to naval. And those go CBT in 2022. In 2023, which is what you guys care about uh, for civil engineers, is that is when the depth exams go computer-based. So you got your civil uh, construction, geotech, structural, transportation, and then water resources also goes there as well. And then in 2024, they save at the very end the structural SE exam. So there you go. thats That'll complete the whole CBT uh, transition of things. It all started with the FE exam, and that would convert everything over to the computer-based after 2024. So you'll see a lot of coursework. I mean, if you're going to take a review course, there's going to be some transition, I think, there. Uh, I'm sure they're going to come up with a new spec, And I'm sure they're going to come up with a new reference manual that will be the only thing that you can take with you to the exam because they're already doing that with the other exams. So something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. Let's take a look at the FE pass rates next. So if you are an FE test taker, um, it's designed for people that are in school or recent graduates. Um, That's kind of the purpose for that one. And it's the first step in becoming a professional engineer. You have to take the FE to become a PE. And so if we dive into that a little bit, you can see here on YouTube, um, I'll read these numbers, uh, chemical engineers, there was almost 2,500 first-time test takers and pass rate of 75%. Pretty good, pretty good. Volume of 235 repeat takers drops down to 40%. Okay, The one we care about right now, if you are on this channel and what I'm involved with, is the civil engineering one. um, That definitely has the most with mechanical taking second place. But civil engineers, there was 15,473 test takers for the FE exam, and 65% of you passed the first time. If you were a repeat taker, that dropped to 7,131 people. And that drops to 34%. So those percentages are actually really close to the PE exam as well. Usually you bounce between like 65 and 70%. So, you know, FE test takers and also the PE test takers are very similar. They go further on this report and break this down to those that came from an ABET accredited college with, you know, an ABET bachelor's degree to find out what your percentage was compared to other examinees that did not have that it does bump up a little bit so if you're a first time taker that goes up to 67% if you came from an abet school and from other schools it drops to about 59% for first time taker so pretty interesting stuff um anyway go check that out uh let's this one's very interesting they talk about the top 10 universities by fe exam volume so they went through and they looked at all the universities who's sending the most students to take the FE exam, the number one college that is sending people to get to get the FE exam done is Missouri University of Science and Technology with 683 people. Number two is Texas A&M University with 550 people, and then you can just go down the list. There's Montana State University of Colorado Boulder, California State Polytech University, North Carolina State University, Penn State. Washington State, University of Nevada, and lastly, the U.S. Military Academy. That is your top 10 colleges sending people to get the FE done. Kind of interesting. Um, and then they also break down, and this is very fascinating, uh, if I were to ask you guys what's the most popular time to take the FV exam, what would you say? Um, you know, I would say something like, well, it's, it would follow the same thing as the PE exam is probably what it would do. So it would be like spring and fall is probably what I think. But the truth is, is if you dive into the numbers based on the report, you get twenty-one, per, about 22% of people taking it in the October to December window. This is broken up into four windows, basically once per quarter, right? Or in quarters, not once per quarter, but in quarters. So well, I'm going to skip that one. Let's start in January. So in January to March you get 20, about 26% of you are taking the exam then. In April to June, it jumps up to 30, a little over 32%. In July to September, it drops all the way down to 20%. And then October to December, it's about 22%. So the highest um, percentage of people taking the exam is actually falling into the April to June timeframe. And I really think the reason for that is because you are wrapping up school. A lot of people have either fewer classes in the summertime or they don't have any classes at all. So a lot of examinees, they're probably, a lot of students are probably thinking, I can cram and I can study for this in the summertime because I don't have any schoolwork. I don't have anything uh, pressing for my time. Or if I do, I only have like one or two classes, which is better than taking 18 credit hours or whatever during the normal, normal semester. So... Anyway, April to June is the most popular time to take the FE exam. Pretty interesting. All righty, let's jump to the good stuff now. So we're going to look at PE pass rates. So with PE pass rates, let's dive into this. This is some of the numbers I want to break down for you. Overall test takers, I'm not going to read all these for you because you're here for civil engineering. Uh, For civil engineering... For pass rates, if you took the construction exam for your depth exam, your first-time taker. There was 1,572 people that took it in 2019, and they, as a first-time taker, the pass rate was 55%. 55%. If you're a repeat taker, there was 1,400 people that were a repeat taker, and it dropped to 34%. What's that all about? Well, first thing I think is if... If you're struggling with this and you need a review course, you need to go check out the course we developed, which is the Ultimate Civil PE Review Program. Go check that out at civilpereviewcourse.com. We can help you get there. But I think a lot of people that take the construction depth exam, uh, it's deceivingly hard because a lot of people think the construction topic as a whole is relatively easy to understand. And a lot of people do it because it's not super discipline specific. But the truth is, is it, it goes into every single like discipline, and a lot of a lot of problems are very hard because I want I'm not going to say they're tricky, but they're worded difficult. Um, they're just harder problem to solve, a little more wordy. Uh, so anyway, you got to watch out for that. A lot of people think that construction depth exam is the easiest one to take, and it's not. So it's not the most popular one, as I'll go through this, but it does have the lowest percentage for people that passed it the first time. So just be aware of that. Next one up here is Geotech. If you were a Geotech depth taker, uh, there was 1,048 people that took that pass rate of 63% for first-time takers. If you're a repeat taker, there were 747 of you, and it dropped all the way down to 34%. If you took civil structural there was 2,978 people. That was the second most popular, no, third most popular exam. Uh, so with structural, your first time test taker, there was a 62% pass rate. And if you were a repeat taker, it dropped down to 43%. Transportation, first time test taker, there was 3,131 people and a pass rate of 63% for first time test taker. And then if you're a repeat taker, it dropped all the way down to 41%. And then if you took water resources, this is the most popular exam that was taken in 2019. Uh, And would you guys ever guess that? I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have guessed transportation. Typically, that's really high. Um, A lot of people like transportation just because um, a lot of the answers come right out of the standards that you're bringing with you. And so... um, That's why I think that's a very popular exam. But uh, there's also a lot of transportation engineers in general. So anyway, water resources is a good one to take too because it doesn't require any standards to take. So you're not going to have to bring in volumes of books. Anyway, that is the most popular exam at 3,241 people for first-time test takers. And the pass rate was 66%, which is the best pass rate for all of those. And as a repeat taker, it dropped down to 41%. So... What are the takeaways here? I think the takeaway here is that if you are a first-time test taker, that's your very best possible chance of passing the PE exam. So make sure you're giving it your all. If you are sh- trying to study for the PE exam, uh, that's just the truth. So um, take a course, you know, get material, get your books in order, set a schedule, get everything you need to do, get ready to roll. Um, like I said, if you need a course, go check out the one we created and uh, that's at civilpereviewcourse.com. Go check it out. Um, yeah, Water Resources is the winner there. So, good stuff. Let's dive more into this report here a little bit. Uh, I mean, they got so many PE people now. It's crazy. I'm sure that's going to expand. It's just growing like crazy with the, the offerings that they have. You got everything from fire protection down to software and petroleum and naval architecture. So, uh, yeah, all kinds of people. The lowest amount of test takers looks to be in software. I don't think that's a... It must be a growing industry to get your PE in software. I'm wondering why people get it if they are in software, what that that says, what that does for you. Uh, There were 16 first-time test takers. So... Anyway, if you're if you're a software guy, I'm interested in why you took it. Must be good on your resume, for sure. Um diving more into the report, they break into PE pass rates versus experience. And so this is kind of interesting. So if you have between 0 and 5 years of experience, your pass rates are actually pretty low. And what this looks like is just kind of a bell curve um, with the highest possible chance of passing the exam at five years of experience. So this kind of falls in line with what individual states usually require, which is four years of working experience before you can take or get your receive your, your P.E. license. But based on what they're showing, uh, it kind of matches that. So if you have five years of experience, you have your highest, highest possible chance of passing And it looks just like a bell curve, uh, as you can see. Um, But yeah, five years of experience is the highest. And then the other thing that's kind of interesting about this little bell curve is that if you have 11 plus years of experience, your pass rate jumps all the way up to as if you had five years of experience. So I think people with 11 plus years of experience uh, are studying harder for this thing. Or starting just as much as those that had five years of experience, because because it shoots way up. So that's kind of interesting. So uh, yeah, definitely check that one out. Let's look at the next thing they break down is the PE structural pass rates. Uh, the SE exam, if you don't if you don't know, is the Professional engineering ex- exam designed for engineers who practice in in uh, jurisdictions that license structural engineers separately from other professional engineers. So this particular exam is a 16-hour exam, and it's broken up into two different exams. They separate it into vertical and lateral components to test and examine these abilities to safely design buildings or bridges. So you have four different categories here. You have structural lateral forces with bridges. You have structural lateral, lateral forces with buildings you have structural vertical forces with bridges and structural vertical forces with buildings. And that's a mouthful, okay? So overall test takers, the volume of this is pretty low. The majority of people are doing buildings. So, uh, but if you took bridges, lateral bridges, it was 75 people, first-time takers, and pass rate of only 21%. Repeat taker dropped to 33%, so a little higher. Uh, these are kind of interesting because they actually go up as a repeat taker um, for structural lateral forces buildings. You had 519. That's the most popular and that went to for a first time taker it was 38% A repeat taker dropped to 32% um, for structural vertical force bridges. Uh, first time takers was 83 of you and that was at 35% pass rate and it, went up to 43% as a repeat taker. And then another popular exam, again, just going with buildings. So majority of people are taking the building exam. And for structural vertical forces, that was 623 people. First-time takers was 42%, and then it dropped as a repeat taker, 28%. So that was the only one that looks like it, well, not the only one, but that was one that dropped as repeat takers. A lot of information, a lot of data. Hopefully this isn't boring you, but I do find it interesting going through these numbers like how many people took it, what were the pass rates, and I think those are you know, kind of eye-opening, especially if you're taking one of these exams. Uh, another interesting fact is that the average age of examinees by exam type, if I were to ask you guys what the average age is for those taking the PE, let's start with the structural exam, what would you guess? I would not guess this. The average age is about 36 years old. And for those that take the PE exam, the average age looks to be like 33, 33. And then for the FE exam, I thought this would be much younger, but the average age looks to be like 27 years old. So that's crazy to me. So ages, in my mind, I thought would be a lot younger, but they're actually older. So uh, we're older taking these exams. And that's the breakdown for that guy. Um, I'm not going to get into FS pass rates or surveying pass rates. You can go check those out if you are interested in that. Uh, They break down a lot of the information for uh, people that want a NCEES record and have your PE license um, and trying to get licenses in other states. They talk about that. Uh, talking about more mobility for licensure. Um, they're trying to advance mobility by perform- performing more uh, uniform national exams, model laws and rules. And so with their records program, they're trying to do a better job at that, and they kind of break down the number of transmittables per record holder. So that's kind of interesting. Go check that out. Uh, another interesting fact, I think, is uh, they break down the countries by number of credentials uh, per applicant, okay? The top 10. So these are the different uh, countries outside of the US of students that are trying to take, that are taking the PE exam and becoming a licensed engineer. So administered nationally, internationally, I mean, there was 2,334 FE exam test takers. That's pretty cool. And there was 570 FE exam taste takers. So that's very interesting to me. I know a lot of people in our audience um, are international and so they're always questioning like how they register for this exam or if their experience or the college that they attended can count towards this. And it can't. So just breaking it down, they say that they U.S. licensing boards generally require licensed candidates with degrees from non abet accredited programs to have their education evaluated. So you do have to go through that when you're applying. Most of these candidates are from other countries. And the credential evaluation basically provides a valuable service to help boards ensure that candidates are qualified academically for licensure. They're not just going to let anybody take this exam. And so they got to compare what you've done. If you are international, to what like an ABA school uh, does and see if those things kind of match up. So it also states that as a number, as the number of ABA accredited programs outside the US has increased in recent years, so is interest in these exams. And so currently this exam, uh, they have agreements with foreign entities in Canada, Egypt, uh, the Emirate of Sharjah, I think that's how you say it, Japan, Qatar. Saudi Arabia, South Korea, Taiwan, Turkey. That's crazy. It's all over the place now. So your top 10 countries, here you go. Top 10 countries is India, 475 people. Egypt, 246 people. China, 225 people. And then it goes South Korea, Iran, uh, Philippines, um, United States. I guess this is people with international degrees here in the U.S. Um, Canada, Iraq, and Jordan. So that's your top 10. Uh, Pretty interesting stuff. I think that's crazy. That's cool. So the whole thing is kind of getting a little more international as well. Uh, Licensure in general. If I were to say where you're from and what state you're from, and could you tell me how many PE licenses you had there or how many engineers you have there? So they break all this down in in the report. I'm not going to dive into all 50 states I'll just hit some of the highlights I think you can dive in there and check it out yourself. Just go read the report um, It looks to me just looking through this real quick do the highest number of engineers at least that I can see maybe I'm blind here uh, is Texas. You've got thirty eight thousand two hundred and thirty seven resident twenty thousand sixty two non-resident in texas wow a lot of engineers there the lowest uh what's the lowest i don't know uh, new mexico north dakota um no yeah north dakota i don't know you go read the report you guys go read the report Anyway, it breaks down engineers, surveyors, and engineers and surveyors with a dual license. They track down how many people are in your state that are engineers, how many are resident and non-resident. That's a lot of interesting stats. They also break down engineering licenses by year. So it's grown. In 1937, there was almost 47,000 engineering licenses. And we're going to jump all the way to, let's say, year 2000. There were 669,000 licenses. Wow. And then they track all the way up to 2004. There were 750,000 licenses in 2004. And it just continues to grow. Crazy. They break up surveying licenses as well. And, guys, that's pretty much the whole report. So it's a, it's a really neat report. It gives a lot of data, something you should definitely go check out. Hopefully this was insightful to you as it was for me. It lets me know like the average age of people taking exams, the pass rates, how many engineers are out there in the states, and how many international people are actually taking this exam. So I really do enjoy these reports. It's really kind of a fun report that they do. Uh, like I said, it's kind of graphically uh you know visually pleasing to the eye it's kind of a fun report but a lot of data and a, and a lot of good of information so hopefully this was insightful to you as it was for me and uh, hopefully uh, you know if you haven't earned your fe license or haven't got your eit go check out the course we've built for the for you to pass that it's the ultimate civil fe review course and that's at civil com and if you need your pe license go get the course we built for that The Ultimate Civil PE Review uh, Course, and that's at civilpereviewcourse.com, and uh, it's good stuff there, too. So if you're looking to pass the FE or you're looking to pass the PE, there's going to be something that we have for you. We also have tons of resources for you just at civilengineeringacademy.com. You can go get practice exams. We've got free problems on YouTube if you just need to practice tons of problems. We're always putting more on there. As much as uh, you know, we can, we obviously have more in the course, but uh, we want to definitely keep YouTube going and keeping problems on there for people. So, Anyway, guys, hopefully this was valuable to you as it was for me. Hope you enjoyed this. and uh, If you haven't checked it out, go to ncees.org and go grab the report. Check out those numbers because I do think they're interesting. Anyway, we will uh, see you on the next one. Bye. Hey, guys, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the show, we would love to have you. Email me at Isaac at CivilEngineeringAcademy.com. And if you need more tips, resources, anything to do with the FE, the PE, or anything to do with civil engineering, go check out CivilEngineeringAcademy.com. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.